everybody. I'm Casey Forbes. And I'm Sarah Cuvion. And this is Let the Good Crumbs Roll. We are already on episode 13. Is that not? We've done 13. I'm just proud is of us. Is it really 13? Because I'm such a flake. Like, who would have thought that I'd have stuck with this <laughs> I for mean, 13 of weeks? all people, the two of us, we've been, like, been consistently doing this. I know. Every time you show up to my house, I'm like, yay! <laughs> who would have thought? So before we dive into it, I want to do some reminders to everybody. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, our website, letthegoodcrimesroll.com, or you can email us at letthegoodcrimesroll at protonmail.com. I did start a discussion group, and then I completely forgot about it, because <laughs> that's what I'm good for. Yeah, I got invited to it, and then I just kind of forgot about it. We literally never talked about Nobody it. Nobody ever wants to discuss anything. I'm <laughs> well, like, come on, y'all. Well, do you ever post like prompts or anything, like questions? I think I did once and like nobody responded and it hurt my feelings. So I was like, Miss Denise will. She does. She is a top fan. Hey, Denise. Hey, hey, thank you for some. And whoever is, fr- there's someone from uh, New Jersey who I swear, mm-hmm. as soon as I put, I, I upload our episode, it's like, you have one new download from now, New Jersey. We don't okay. know, we don't know anybody in New Jersey. No. So, so this is somebody that like, we don't even know. Hello, New Jersey. Thank you for listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this week we are back in Louisiana, and Mm -hmm. this episode is called Mighty Mickey, and at the end you'll understand why it's called Mighty Mickey. Um, It's See No Evil, Season 2, Episode 3. It's called Must Find Mickey. This one, I knew this story. Mm -hmm. Uh, See, I did not. You you never heard of Mickey Shunick? Well, I remember the the name had sounded familiar. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really know the details of the story. Yeah, because I remember her family staying on the news. And I don't remember any of that. Keeping their story out there. Let's dive into it. It's May 18th, 2012. And we are in Lafayette, Louisiana, which y'all Lafayette is so much fun. It's like (laughs) in the heart of Cajun country. Mm -hmm. I absolutely if if I had to move to another city, it probably would be Lafayette. I just enjoy going there so much. Mickey Shunick tells her mom, Nancy and sister Charlie that she plans to meet up with friends later that evening. She said, I'll be back early. And I said, "Okay, Mick, be careful. Mama, I always am. That was it. Now, you brought this up before. (laughs) The people that they cast to play these people in reenactments look nothing like the original people. I feel like they cut the um, casting director's pay. And so this right. is what happened. Like none of, I mean, seriously, there's a detective that they interview on, Ooh, on this documentary. Girl. He's a nice looking fella. He's like these blue eyes, like Every light hair. Every time he'd come on the screen, I'd have to back it up because <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, he just spoke. But like the actor they got to play him is Nothing literally like the complete opposite. No. He's dark complected, dark eyes, dark hair. We don't and get lost in his eyes at all. No. He does not have those deep blue eyes. If I was his wife, I'd be like, honey, that's not what you look like (laughs) at all. I mean, not that that guy was unattractive, but you're really good. It's like, I feel like they kind of went on a budget for this episode because in one of the reenactments, there's like a police officer and he's in uniform. But like the police officer's hat is so big that it comes like over his ears (laughs) and covers his eyes. And he's trying to be intimidating. This actor is trying to be intimidating. Is this the only one we have in props? (laughs) We have nothing small. Really? (laughs) Okay. I'm serious. They must have had like some budget cuts here. Yeah. 
Well, shame on them. <laughs> because Mickey Shunick's mom has, y'all, she's got purple hair. Now, this is the second time that we, in a documentary, we have seen a mother of a victim that has the purple hair. I know. And at the, I was thinking last night, I was like, you know, I, I would be that mom. Like, if something happens to your child, yeah. you would just be like, that's it. I don't care anymore. I'm to live my life how I want to live. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm like this close to having like pink hair anyway. So Maddie's trying to convince me to do like a colored kind of hair. Do it. I don't think I'm, I'm brave enough. I don't think I'm brave enough, mm-hmm. but it's Girl, always it's a thought. Pe- it's, just do the kind that's like like you can you can wash out if you do it, and you're like, see, I'll, I'll do it to Livy's hair all day, but not mine. Yeah, oh, same. <laughs> I, I'll do it to Leela's hair because yeah. Leela's got blonde hair, yeah. so it, it washes out easy. Exactly, Livy's hair is lighter than mine. Except so. one year, my my Mimi got uh got Leela this. It's like a crayon, and you color it in. That is the worst. Yeah, you know why? Because it is so time consuming. Yes. It's like scrub, scrub, scrub. Are you talking about like the, is it a crayon or like the hair chalk? It's hair chalk. Oh, yes. That's oh, a nightmare. I'm familiar with well, the Well, they chalk. gave a, they they had a green one in there and my son is obsessed with the Hulk. Mm-hmm. So he like just colored his skin. Oh. Yeah. Fortunately, it rinsed out. He came out and he's like, he would come out and his arm would be green. He's like, mom, I feel like I'm becoming the Hulk. And then he'd, he'd run back and be back there for 30 minutes. Then he'd run back out and his other arm would be colored in. He's hey, like, look, look at me turning. That's keeping him busy. I call that a win. Exactly. Okay. So back to back to Nancy's daughter. We're told by Charlie. Now, remember, Charlie is Mickey's sister. Mm -hmm. There's lots of great music in Lafayette, and she was a big part of that whole community. She was huge into cycling. She pretty much biked anywhere she could. That Mickey was well known for just riding her bike everywhere. Because Lafayette is a, a, it's a pretty sizable city. But if you live in certain areas, you really can ride your bike anywhere. Not that you'd want to, but you can. I don't know that I would have chosen a a bike as my form of transportation. That well, just makes me nervous, and because uh, yeah. because they do show like surveillance footage of her riding her bike and on on these certain streets, and I'm like, golly, that just seems like it's a long way from right where she needs to be, or. I don't know. I know. And I'm like so damn lazy. I like it's like one o'clock. I need to ride my bike four miles to get home. That's a That's long, a long way. way. So Mickey planned on being home early that night because the next morning Mickey's brother was graduating from high school. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like there was. I mean, she had a reason to come home and right. be home. And and her mom says if she said she was coming home, she came home. And if she said she would be home early, she was home early. I mean, we knew something was wrong. You know, when Nikki, Mickey says she's going to be home early, she's going to be home early. Like, there's right. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, this, that, she's always true to her word with that. Yeah, like, she's described as being very responsible. Right. And just not a wild child. I mean, mm-hmm. free-spirited, yes. Wild child, no. Right. The next morning, everyone is up. They're getting ready, all except Mickey. And Charlie tells us, this just tells me Charlie obviously does not have an early morning job. She's like, I mean, it's 10 o'clock. Nobody wants to be up this early. <laughs> Especially for a high school graduation. Like, girl, what time do you normally get up? I know, right? By 10 o'clock, I'm on, like, my second breakfast. You know what I mean? She's young. And, you know. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. (laughs) So, Mickey's parents discover that Mickey isn't in her bed. 
Mom Nancy is very upset. She says that if Mickey said she'd be home, then she would be home. It was very out of character for Mickey to not call, at least to let her parents know, hey, I'm staying at such and such's house. Charlie says she was annoyed, but eventually she realized that Mickey wouldn't miss her brother's graduation. We learned that Mickey is a is about to graduate from the University of Louisiana Lafayette uh, studying anthropology. That just goes to she must truly be a free spirit because <laughs> I took anthropology thinking it'd be as fun as sociology. It's not. No. It's not. For at me all. it wasn't. It might be to some people. I'm sure loved it is. sociology. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite. She was 21 years old at the time. The family just goes on and they go to the graduation. They're still worried, but they think, you know, she'll probably be back whenever we get back to the house. But when they get back, the house is completely empty. At this point, Mickey has been missing for 18 hours. The family starts calling any and all friends or associates. Charlie talks to someone who had seen Mickey with a friend named Brettley Wilson. I, now, I watched this with closed captioning. Mm hmm. I thought maybe they misinterpreted. I was thinking like Brittany. Why would mm-hmm. they spell it? No, y'all. It was Brettley, like Brett mm-hmm. Lee. <laughs> and he was a guy. <laughs> Brettley Wilson. What a name. <sighs> Brettley tells Charlie that the two went to a bar then grabbed some food and then went back to his place. She left his house on her bike around 1.48 a.m. His place was about four and a half miles from her house, which should have taken about 25 minutes, to which I'm like, why you didn't just drive her home? That's a long way to go in the middle of the night, you know? That's what, yeah, four and a half miles. I mean, that's, that's, that's a long way to go in the daylight, but especially when it's dark. I mean, nothing good happens at two in the morning. She had a blinky light on there, but that ain't going to do nothing. And still, maybe it maybe it attract crazy people. Yeah, well, clearly. Mickey's family calls the hospitals and then the police. With no luck, the family starts looking, they just start looking themselves. They take the route she would have rode from Brettley's house. An officer comes to the Shunick home to take a formal statement. And that's where we meet. I just, I just hear the (laughs) (laughs) Detective Stephen Bajat led, who led the investigation. Now he's our pretty little blue-eyed officer here he is so handsome and if he's married girl good for you (laughs) good job man you good you get it girl (laughs) investigators questioned brettley first obviously he was the last person Mm -hmm. to admittedly be seen with her alone now they they do say that at least from her family that he is like her best friend right there's nothing like romantic going on between them from as, as far as they know yeah. Brettley explains there is no romantic relationship between the two, and he gives the same story to the police that he gave to the Shunick family. You know, hey, we went to a bar, we grabbed some dinner, and then I went back to my house and she left. Crime scene texts are sent to Brettley's house. Now, can you imagine a crime scene tech coming in your house? Oh, my God. If they were to walk into my house right now. Mine, too. Gracious. You've seen mine. They'd be like... <laughs> I don't see no murder, but good God, there's a mess here. This is... all, okay, so I've always thought, like, whenever we watch these documentaries, when they start searching somebody's house, like, what would they possibly think walking into my house? Girl, <laughs> Seeing all these dog prints and right. dirty dishes, and Aaliyah's got all kinds of crap everywhere. Like, and... a, like three loads of laundry yeah. on my on my couch right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. They would, I just I thought like Lord that's reason number one well mm-hmm. not number one one of the higher reasons why I wouldn't murder somebody because yeah. I don't want them looking through my house right. I'd be so embarrassed like just excuse the mess <laughs> a little side note uh my sister and my brother-in-law are like repainting their house mm-hmm. but it's kind of like in that in-between stage and my brother-in-law said yesterday he said I need to make a big sign to all my my neighbors to say it's not done yet. <laughs> 
<laughs> I said, oh my God, just put a big sign. It's not done yet. <laughs> For all you people looking through the windows. Oh, I just, oh, it was so funny. So police visit the bar, Brettley says, they were at the night before. The whole premise of this show, it's called See No Evil. And it's about people who have been captured through surveillance videos. Mm-hmm. And of course, at this bar, there are surveillance cameras everywhere. The people at Artmosphere, the bar, which is really kind of cool. I kind of want to go there. They had cameras everywhere. You weren't mm-hmm. stealing art from that bar. Yeah, it was a. they were quality cameras, too. Right. And it completely aligns with Brettley's story. Brettley and Mickey, both seemingly sober, leave the bar together. They're not holding hands. It doesn't appear that anyone's following them. Now, where, was what they show, like, from the bar scene, was that, like, actual surveillance no. footage or was, like, the reenactment? It, it looked like the reenactment actors okay. to me. I think maybe some of it was. But I don't I think the bar I scene thought, I don't, Okay I thought like the other Maybe the other surveillance videos Might have been real Because they were just so crappy Well so the I ones I think at the end okay. I think were real Yeah because those are They're like you can clearly see And I'm I was like, like where wait, What What are we defining as clear here I know I can't see crap The community really came together In an effort to search the city And that's where I was saying I remember this Because they were always on the news And when they were on the news I mean the university Really just came together To support this family Which I thought was really nice Police pull Mickey's bank statement to verify that she did, in fact, eat at Taco Bell. Everybody's late night drunk food. You ever, like, watch something and they mention a food and then you're like, no, I want freaking Taco Bell. <laughs> Is that just me? <laughs> Bradley gave us a, an approximate time frame on when they went to Taco Bell. We were able to determine that by matching it to Mickey's bank statement. But what they don't know is who used her card and was Mickey safe when it was used? <laughs> they did verify that her debit card was used to get food around that time. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that doesn't prove Brutley's story's correct. He could have used her, her debit card. Right. They pull video uh, footage from that night and they had gone through the drive through. Brutley hands the credit card that is Mickey's to the um the employees. Yes, he's driving his car. Yeah. And so they have a surveillance camera pointing, like inside the restaurant, pointing at the drive through window. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see part of the car and you can see part of Bradley. Yeah. And he's, yeah, like you said, he hands them her her card. And and they can tell that he gets the card back and mm-hmm. he hands it to someone in the passenger seat, but they can't right. get a clear view of her face. So that adds up, but it's not fully verified. Mm-hmm. Police ride the route of that Mickey would have taken according to Brettley to see if there were any cameras in the area and the way that Brettley says she probably went home there's no cameras it's very mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of homes and nobody has any any cameras but they come up with this idea to spread the search and to look to see what businesses probably have surveillance footage that we can possibly see um they got over 300 videos so these poor cops had to go through all of these grainy videos i mean this took quite a bit of time but they did get it done in a rather timely manner. Mm -hmm. So it's five days into the search. A Mid-South bank has multiple cameras. An infrared camera gives the police what they need. They get a break. It really wasn't that clear of a video, but you could see that it was a female riding a bicycle. Police bring Charlie in and along with her dad, they pull up this camera and which it's so grainy, you can't see it that great, but you clearly see a bike. Mm -hmm. It appears there's a female on it and it has a blinking light. Yes. 
Charlie and her dad both say yes. I mean, that's her. I mean, who else could it be? Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to give like a definitive like no, yes. No, it was very you really grainy. Could, I mean, you could tell there was a person, but honestly, I couldn't even tell it was female. There was just like a white blob right. on a bike with a blinking light. This camera was at 1.46 a.m. Mm-hmm. So w- we know Mickey left Brettley's house around the time that he said he left. So Brettley yes. is ruled out as a suspect. Mm-hmm. So thank God they checked a different route. Well, and what are the odds that they all that camera footage? I mean, this is 24 hours a yeah. day. I mean, I understand you kind of have a grasp on the time frame, but to mm-hmm. sit there and go and to capture that is incredible. But think about if they hadn't, if they had just stuck to the route that he thought mm-hmm. that Brettley had thought she may have gone home. If they hadn't thought to check these other ways... Yeah. He would still be a suspect. Exactly. Poor guy. So now we know where Mickey was about 1.46 a.m. The police continue to follow the route they believe she probably could have taken. And it's at a Circle K where they get another camera shot of what they believe to be Mickey. But across from that Circle K was the City Hall. Mm-hmm. And the City Hall had pretty clear. I mean, you can't perfectly like see her yeah. face, but it's very clear. It's obviously, you can tell in that one, it's a woman riding a bike and there's a blinking light, which is yeah. which is what she had. And, and a lot of these uh, surveillance videos Videos, you know, clearly the whole point is they're they're shooting like the the businesses mm-hmm. so they can just keep an eye in case anybody breaks in. So Mickey in these videos kind of only shows up in like maybe a corner yeah. or the very top, you know, mm-hmm. so she's not like fully coming into view. Right. And 400 yards past City Hall at an attorney's office, surveillance camera also picked up Mickey. This is t- so we have a mile into her trip. Everything seems normal. We have we know which route she's going, what direction she's going. The next stop would have been an event center that she had to have gone by and Mickey never shows up. So there's 400 yards between the attorney's office and the event center where Mickey disappeared. That gives them a general area of where to look. Yeah, and they don't have any footage of her like turning around and backtracking or anything. So they know that whatever happened happened in this little this space. Well, so I mean, her sister says, you know, we thought that maybe somebody hit her and possibly she's still in that area or they abducted her because they were embarrassed. They were drunk or the community does an extensive search in this area and they don't find anything. They don't even find evidence of where like her bike could possibly have been hit. Police go back to the surveillance just to see if maybe there's something that they missed. It was almost 2 a.m. So traffic really wasn't that busy. Police are able to identify at least two of the vehicles, the owners of those vehicles, because there's just not a lot of people. So it's like, okay, well, that's an employee. This person, we verified their whereabouts. But there was a third vehicle that was unaccounted for. The third we could tell was a, a white Chevy pickup truck. The truck passed City Hall just four seconds after Mickey rode by. The white truck that became like this infamous symbol of the whole case. And go freaking figure, a white Chevy truck. Yeah, I was like, again? Yes. It passed City Hall four seconds after Mickey. Unfortunately, the video isn't clear enough to obtain the license plate. The police call a local dealership and were able to determine the make, model, and year of the truck. And of course, there's over 3,000 white Chevys registered in Louisiana. (laughs) Of course. Alone. Let alone the trucks that aren't registered here that pass through. Right. The description of the truck gets released to the media and the police continue to search all surveillance cameras to see if they can get a better description of the truck. Police find a video that picked the truck up that's pretty clear. They notice the truck was on a four-lane road. So just picture this. This truck is driving. It's on a four-lane road. It's in the the middle. It's not on the edge like it's going to turn. If you're in that that middle lane, you're probably going straight. Mm Because if you're going to turn, you're going to be like, say, in the right lane. 
you know, and you couldn't really turn left. As soon as Mickey passes this intersection, this truck makes a complete turn. Mm -hmm. U-turn in the middle of the intersection. Yeah, not from the turn lane, so... And it starts following Mickey, and it follows her in the mo- the the full in every camera. The truck's there, and in the final camera, the truck had passed her up, so the truck was in front of her, which is just kind of odd. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, not that big of a deal, but it is odd that the guy like changed his mind as soon as Mickey passed. What we saw was her crossing that major thoroughfare, and then right behind her, you could see that white pickup truck turn quickly behind her. It almost seemed like that the truck had seen her and was attempting to follow her. That's a scary thing. Like, it wasn't premeditated. It was right. like this opportunity he saw. Like, what are the odds that he, I mean, was he out just carousing? Yeah. I mean, what are the odds that she would see there? While the search is ongoing, 30 miles away, off the Whiskey Bay Bridge. And if you're not from here, the Whiskey Bay Bridge is a bridge that lasts forever. For. Ever. And God forbid there's a wreck. If you have to pee, go before. Because it ain't happened for a very long time. Because it crosses one of like the most vast, biggest swamplands Mm -hmm. in the world. It just goes on forever in a day. It really does. And if there's a wreck on that thing. Oh my God, there's no getting, there's no detouring. No, it's awful. But two fishermen find Mickey's bike. And it's really kind of a miracle that they found it because it's explained to us by the hottie detective Mm -hmm. that the current is very strong, but the way the bike fell, it got wedged between some rocks. And so it Mm -hmm. didn't make its way into the current. And the water was kind of lower. Mm -hmm. And that's how the the guys were able to see it. And like, I mean, I understand that that people probably follow the news, but what are the odds that they would put together this is... Right. Because, you know, there's a lot of stuff dumped down there, probably. What yeah. are the and this was like, what? What did they say? 30 miles away from 30 miles where she disappeared. So yeah. it's the fact that they did put that together and, and, call and the called the cops. It's pretty, to them. Yeah. There's a lot of things that just yeah. people doing the right thing. People doing their jobs mm-hmm. in this. Crime scene techs believe the bike was struck based on evidence found on the bike and the damage of the bike. We're told by detective where it was struck was this, the factory height of the type of truck seen in the video. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, mm, that's kind of a big deal. It's a couple of days later or a couple of weeks later, who knows? Texas police contact Lafayette police regarding a, tr- a white Chevy truck that had burned. The license plates were still legible, however. Lafayette police entered the plate number into traffic cameras in Lafayette and the truck was spotted close to where Mickey disappeared. So this truck was in Lafayette. It was caught on video camera on traffic cameras around the time that uh, that Mickey disappeared. But the really telling part was the traffic camera, which was very clear, eight hours before Mickey was last seen, picked up the truck and in the back of the truck was a four by four post sitting out from the back of it. They also say there was like a like a ice chest, mm-hmm. like a white square ice chest. The truck in the video following Mickey had the same thing in the back. Yeah. They had, had a four by four post sticking out the corner and would looked like a white ice chest in the corner. So this kind of tells us this is more likely than not the same truck. The truck found burned in Texas was a match to the truck last seen following Mickey Shunick the night she disappeared. The plates uh, were traced back to a registered sex offender with a Lafayette address named Brandon Laverne. How did the Texas cops know to call the Lafayette cop? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Sometimes, I was kind of wondering that. like, Yeah, how did they know to contact the Lafayette police unless maybe they had sent it? I don't know the procedure for that, but I can only assume that the Lafayette police kind of maybe it's took sent- like a radius around this area yeah. and let law enforcement know. Because, y'all, Lafayette's not really that close to uh, to Texas. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's not it's not as far as New Orleans, but it's not mm-hmm. like, like Charles where it's right, just right, halfway. right up the road. Yeah. So this is where things get very interesting. The day after Mickey disappeared... Brandon Laverne checked into a New Orleans hospital with significant stab wounds. Now they do show photos of his stab wounds. I ain't wounds. never seen a stab wound I before. Like, Good dang. grief. Yeah, I don't and he says he got robbed or something, right? What did he say? Yeah, that he had been robbed. Lafayette to New Orleans is probably what, a two and a half hour drop? So you mean this guy drove all like with stab wounds? Yeah, and he since he has a Lafayette address but he drove all the way to new orleans to get treated it just seems kind of weird it is weird you know um, and those were and they were significant ones. like he yeah. had to get treatment for these wounds they, and they were all over they were in yeah. his chest there was one in his kind of like by his collarbone mm-hmm. in his back so somebody had done some damage yeah, somebody to him. definitely did some damage brandon was convicted to a serious sexual sexual assault in 2000 and sentenced to 10 years in prison. They don't go into detail about what exactly mm-hmm. happened, but it must have been pretty significant. Did he serve that full time? My understanding is yes. Okay. But if he didn't, they didn't clarify that. An arrest warrant was obtained for first degree murder for Brandon Laverne. He's arrested and he's brought in. But he immediately asked for an attorney and he gives nothing away. The DA offers Brandon a deal. And he got clearance from the Shunick family as well. Yes, they did. They did consult the Shunick family before they presented this guy with the deal. They said, if you agree to tell us what happened and where Mickey's body is, we will take the death penalty off, mm-hmm. off of the table. Brandon agrees. He had buried her in an old cemetery. So, Genius. Once, uh, once they had positively identified the body, that was some closure on it. Uh, that part of uh, her being missing was over. And he reveals that he buried Mickey in an old cemetery. Mickey's body was recovered and identified. What I think is really sad is that the family truly held on to hope I that mean, she was the, alive. To the last minute they did. Yeah. That she was just alive being held somewhere. And when the DA came to them and said, look, if, if you're okay with this, we're going to take the offer this guy a deal we're gonna take the death penalty mm-hmm. off the table that's when the mom says it really hit me that like my daughter is probably dead yeah can you imagine like because no. i'm sure like the hope of her coming back home is what's keeping her going right and now it's, it's like it's, no, it's that reality gone. is setting in like she's not coming home no, I, I as a mother, I couldn't. And you mm. can tell. I mean, this was in 2012, so this has been almost nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Her mom, she's still. Oh yeah, I mean, I would be. I don't think that's something you ever get over. No, not at all. So Brandon explains. The Burns' account of the incident is that he was driving down St. Landry Street. He saw her riding in the middle of the road, and he struck her. We think at, at that point uh, that she was unconscious and was put placed into the vehicle, and came to. Laverne said that Mickey then sprayed him with some mace. He was known to have a knife inside of his truck. She took that knife and began to stab him. Uh, And at that point, he said that he wrestled the knife away from her and stabbed her several times in the chest. He said that he believed that she was dead at that point. He then drove out uh, into a uh, field. And uh, when he stopped the truck, he said that Mickey came to 
uh, jumped up, had the knife in her hand, and stabbed him in the chest. At that point, uh, Mickey turned to try to escape. He grabbed the gun and shot her in the head. The night Mickey disappeared, what we thought happened, happened. He was just driving home and he spotted her. He spotted this pretty girl with blonde hair riding a bike at 2 a.m. And he figured, you know what? There ain't a lot of people around. So he started following her. He struck her with his car. Now, we we don't know if how exactly he struck her with his car, but he struck her with his car. And at first she seemed to be unconscious. So he picked her up and put her in his truck. Yeah. When she wakes up, our little mighty Mickey, she pep- she pepper sprays him. Hell yeah, she does. And she finds a knife in his truck and she goes to town on him. She stabs him in the chest. Yes. I mean, she is fighting for her life and she is like doing her best to do some damage. And she did. Those pictures show that she really did some damage. Yeah. He overpowers her and unfortunately gets the knife back from her and he stabs her as well. Mm -hmm. He thinks that she's dead. And when he gets to where he's going to bury her, she comes to Mm-hmm. And that's when she gets up, grabs the knife, and stabs him in the chest. Yeah. And that was probably the deepest wound he had. I mean, it was a pretty serious wound. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he grabbed a gun. Yeah, and as she's trying to get out the door, uh-huh. he grabs the gun. And he and he shot her in the head. That's how she ended up passing. And he buried her in an old cemetery, so nobody would have ever, mm-hmm. really would have ever even been looking there for her. Mickey's body is exhumed. Um, they verify that it is, it is in fact her. Brandon Laverne is sentenced to prison for life without the possibility of parole. And we get like a final say-so from our hottie uh, detective. Detective, I don't know his name. I'm sorry, Bajot. y'all. Bajot. You th- is that Cajun, you think? It's gotta be. I mean, I guess. It's I don't detective know. Bajot. I've never heard of it before. Detective Bajot, you want to be on the show? <laughs> I got room right here in my closet. That's <laughs> it. But he says something that I think is incredibly profound. We knew that she pretty much had solved her own case. Without those injuries, he would have never gone to New Orleans. Uh, There wouldn't have been evidence in the truck for him to burn it. So she set the events in motion that, that ultimately led to his suspicious activity. He says, because of her actions, she set into motion the solving of her own case. But for the evidence left in the truck, he wouldn't have burned it, which flagged them to get in touch with the Mm -hmm. Lafayette police who were able to get his name off of the license plate and the fact that they were able to obtain that he was stabbed multiple times like she gave him hell she really did yeah so proud of her for that I mean like she fought till the end yes little mighty Mickey so that's the end of this week's episode I mean it's just it's really heartbreaking because mm-hmm. I hate unnecessary deaths like this. You yeah, know, and I the mean, fact that it was so random, like it was just this crime yeah, of opportunity, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it's just like a coincidence that she was riding her bike at this intersection at the wrong right. time. It's like if she had left five minutes before mm-hmm. or five minutes after what she really did, then this wouldn't have happened right. because he would not have seen her. Yeah. That's it, what's heartbreaking. It you really know? is. And she looks so much like her sister. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just such a sad situation. Like, quit killing people. If you're a psycho, just go, like, check into a mental ward and say, I've got these (laughs) desires to murder people. Trust me, they will, hopefully, I say this, I don't know anything about that, but I would hope somebody would listen to you. But I would hope, but, you know, the way they treat mental health these days, who knows? I know, and if he was a convicted sex offender, um, how in the hell did he have a gun? That wasn't a legally obtained Yeah, I was going to say, it could not have been. Because it's against the law for convicted Mm -hmm. felons to have guns, so, Mm -hmm. like, where did he get that from? Yeah, somebody dropped the ball there. Right, right. Did he, I bet, you know, he probably 
took it from someone who someone probably gave it to mm-hmm. him, you know, and it's just well, Sarah, thank you for as always for joining me. Thanks for having me. I can't me. believe we're on episode 13 I already. No, it's crazy. All right, y'all. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Bye, guys.